Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 34 to 48. Hear these words of scripture. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Thank you, Julie. So today we continue our series that is about change makers, and it is the theme of Vacation Bible School this year, and it's something that the kids are going to learn, um, they're going to learn each day about a new story about someone being a change maker in their world. And so that's a lesson that we all can learn about and all need to be reminded of. And so it is something that we're talking about throughout these weeks. Because many of us lament when we look at the world around us. We see all of the fear and the hatred, the anger, the abuse of one another as well as the natural world. And we think, when will it end? But what we forget is that we are the ones we're waiting for. As followers of Jesus, we are called to ask the hard questions, to work together to solve problems, to care for all people, to reach across our differences and to imagine a new world and to work towards that new world. Jesus calls each one of us to be change makers. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Saroj and Carlos were my husband Rasul's grandparents. 
Car er, Carlos was born in the bayous of Louisiana, and Saroj was born in a small town in Gujarat, India. Their worlds met when they were both in Chicago in graduate school, but it took Carlos nearly a decade to convince Saroj to marry him. One of the obstacles that Carlos had to overcome was the Indian perception of English men at the time. This was in, I think, the late 40s, early 50s, and India was ruled by the English government. And so English soldiers would go to India, and while they were there, they would marry an Indian woman and, and begin a family. But then, when their time of service was over, they would leave that family in India and simply go back to England, either creating a new family there or what have you. And of course, not all of the soldiers were like that, but it was prevalent enough that it caused Indian families to be very wary of any English man who wanted to marry an Indian woman. And although Saroj knew Carlos wasn't like those soldiers, it took time and patience for her family in India to see that for themselves. And eventually, Saroja's family did see beyond their own prejudices to Carlos's kindness and his deep love for Saroj. And they were married in India in a Christian Indian ceremony with Carlos's uh, family traveling by boat and train and what have you all the way over to India to celebrate with them. And during their 64 years of marriage, Saroj and Carlos, they responded to all of the hatred and the fear that they experienced, whether they were living in India or they were living in the U.S. and Louisiana or anywhere in between. They responded to the hatred with love and welcome. Because no matter where they lived, their table was a safe place where anyone could come and simply be themselves, regardless of their religion, their politics, their sexual orientation, their financial or cultural status, they were welcomed and there was a seat waiting for them. And they didn't do this only because of their experiences. Yes, they had their experiences of prejudice, but they did it really because of their deep faith in the unconditional love of God that is found in Jesus. And that faith that permeated everything that they did and everything that they said. At their table, everyone was welcome because that was the message of Jesus. The message that Jesus lived and teached, taught himself. And we see this message in today's scripture that Julie read for us. And these first, in the verses, Peter declares the complete gospel. We see and we hear that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed and chosen by God. And he received the Holy Spirit. And with that spirit's power, he went around doing good and healing the oppressed. And then Jesus was put to death. But God raised him on the third day. And Jesus appeared to a chosen few. And because of Jesus and everything that Jesus did, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. 
That is the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ that leads us into the loving presence of God. That is the gospel that Peter proclaims. It's, it's simple. These are the facts. But what's not simple was Peter's context of his message. Because Peter was saying this in a very different place. And we can see similarities with our lives, too. Peter begins this whole thing, and the first thing he says is that we read is, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears God and does what is right. Peter says this because he's having a revelation in that moment. He truly realizes in that moment for himself that God doesn't play favorites. In today's story, it actually begins way at the book, at the beginning of chapter 10 of Acts, but I didn't have Julie read all of that because it would be like 48 verses, and that's too long, and honestly a little boring, and you'd get distracted. So we begin today, or we, the story begins, I should say, with this encounter of a man in Caesarea named Cornelius. And he's described as an Italian centurion. He's devout and he's God-fearing. And Cornelius, he's Italian. He's not Judean. He's a Gentile. He's not Jewish. He's a soldier working for Rome in its occupied Israel. Cornelius is an outsider in every single way. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, this outsider, Cornelius, has a vision from God. And based on that vision, he then summons Peter. He asks, tells some, some of his men to go and get Peter and bring him to me. And meanwhile, Peter, he's having his own vision. And Peter's vision is this vision of a large sheet. And there's what it says... There's all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds on this sheet. So everything that the Jewish laws that were given to the Jewish people by God, everything that the Jewish people were forbidden to eat was on the sheet. And then a voice from Peter, or no, that's not from Peter. The voice told Peter, get up, eat. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And in that moment, in that vision, all of the barriers and the walls that Peter had lived within his entire life, they were broken down. Because the table for the Jewish people was a place where there was very clear divide. The purity laws that God gave the Jewish people meant that they were set apart in what they could eat, as well as they were not supposed to eat with those who were not Jewish. And so because of those laws that God gave, they were separate at the table from non-Jewish people. But then Peter has this vision, and, says, and God in this vision says to them, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. 
And so Peter is simply reeling from this revelation. Everything that he has known has now been crumpled. All of these walls have been crumpled around his feet. And the Spirit tells him, Peter, I know you're having like an existential crisis right now, but there's three men looking for you. You don't know them, but go with them anyway. Because obviously that's what God's going to do in the moment. And so, God, so Peter obeys. And he arrives at Cornelius' home, the home of a Gentile, the home of a foreigner. And one of the first things that Peter says is, now Cornelius, you are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate or visit with a foreigner. He's saying this in Cornelius' house. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So in front of Cornelius and the family and the friends that had all gathered together in his home, Peter declared God to be impartial. Although Peter might have had his own prejudices, God did not. Now we don't have these same purity laws that Peter had, but you know just as well as I do. All of the ways that we like to, we'll say, distinguish ourselves from others. Elevating ourselves and in the process, marginalizing others. I'm not going to list out all of the ways because you know them and frankly, it's an annoying list. And so that's not the point. The point is how what Jennifer Galan, this is how she puts it. She's a professor of religious studies at Iona College. And she says, like Peter, when our actions reject the foreigner, reject the foreigner and the stranger, when we put our nation or our people over any other, or when we support policies that do so, she says, we are acting out of accordance with God. Because God has no favorites. And because God has no favorites, we see in the scripture for today that Peter is compelled to share the good news with Cornelius and with all of his friends and his family gathered there. And through that testimony, in verse 44, it says, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Those who had come with Peter they were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them. They heard the Gentiles speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter says, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water, because they have received the Holy Spirit, just as we have. So he ordered then, Peter ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. God's Holy Spirit seeks to connect us, not to separate. When Peter and Cornelius meet in response to their visions that the Holy Spirit gives them, they help build this bridge to change the future. One where vastly different people become family through the transforming love of Jesus. That's what happened that day. 
Saroj and Carlos, they kept building a longer table, adding more and more leaves to that dining room to reflect the expansiveness of God's family. And that vision was passed down to their children and their grandchildren. And now, Rasul's restaurant is named for his grandparents, Saroj and Carlos. And one of its major goals, yes, the food is tasty, you should go. But really, one of the major goals is that it is a place where barriers are broken and family is created one plate at a time. As you go throughout your week, I challenge you to ask yourself, what am I building with my actions? Am I creating walls or am I building bridges? Am I playing favorites or am I living out God's unconditional love? Let's pray. Oh God, Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends, and yet he still was learning. We still are learning. And may your same spirit that was given that day on the day of Pentecost, may that same spirit give us the capacity to change and to grow, to proclaim ourselves, I really am learning that God doesn't show favorites. It is such a simple thing. And yet, God, you know that we are challenged each and every day. May we learn from your message, learn from your teaching, and go and do likewise. We pray these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And as the worship team comes to um, lead us in song, I want to invite those who are joining us online to share any prayers with us, whether it's prayer at brexelumc.com or the comments on Facebook, and let us all stand as we are able and sing together.
wonderful. I get very proud when Methodists clap. You're stepping out of your comfort zone. I'm very proud of you all. You're clapping in church. <laughs> uh, Linda, uh, Linda Rollins is joining us from Texas. And apparently she's having heavy rains there, which are much needed in Texas. And she also has a prayer of joy for her eldest grandson who is engaged to be married. And the thing I like about the online is, uh, so Linda commented, and then Amy in Maine commented, and we're all worshiping together from like literally all over the place. And then Jen asked for prayers uh, for physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional healing and support for Mary's mom, for Joe, and for her parents as well as a joy for their new cousin, Vivian Ellis. And then prayers, um, the Kubeks asked for prayers for their dear friend, Peggy, who lost her husband, Ron, recently. And Taylor asked for prayers for Jeff and his family as they mourn his passing. And as well, prayers for Carolyn at, that her health will improve. And then continued prayers for Bev, 
um, who is in rehab, and for Marilyn, who is her support and care person. And Shelly asks for prayers for Lillian, Angie, and Barb, um, for strength in the difficulties they're dealing with, and prayers for Dottie that she will find a way to save her home. And Linda asks for prayers for her aunt, Loretta, um, who's hospitalized with many issues, and for her son, Steve, as he um, is caring for her and going through this. And Craig asks for prayers for Mary's mom, Liz, uh, who is in the hospital with a broken pelvis. And then Paul asks for prayers for Brenda's father. He broke his femur on Friday. Uh, and then prayers for the family of Margie Benedict. We will celebrate her memorial, memorial service uh, this coming Saturday at no six at 11 o'clock. Um, I will preside over the, the service and um, she was a, a beloved member of this community. And so I invite you to join us at no six for that on Saturday. And then um, today, um, the altar flowers for this morning were given in honor of Sharon and Roger Judson's 52nd wedding anniversary. So yay, happy anniversary for them. And then also uh, tomorrow, George and Jenny Gee celebrate 30 years of marriage by going to VBS. Yes. That's like three decades. That's like a long time. And then uh, Michaela had a birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Michaela. It is good that we are able to come together and to celebrate and to mourn and to struggle and everything in between and that God hears us and responds. And so let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy God, we come into your presence and we are so grateful for your faithful love. And we are so grateful that you hear our prayers and you respond to us. And so we pray for the world you created and the people who share it with us, for our friends and neighbors and family members, for strangers across the street and those across the world. Oh God, we know that each and every person that you have created is our sibling. And we give you thanks for the opportunity and the challenge for loving each and every person as you love us. We each come today with certain people on our minds and situations laying heavy on our hearts. And so will we pause to lift them up to you with our heart's voice. O oh God, may your truth be known. May your comforting spirit be felt. And may you empower each and every one of us so that we may go and share your love and your peace with each one of our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. We pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end now, but it goes into the world with each and every one of us. And so here are a few ways that you can engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. First, this Tuesday at 10 a.m. in the parlor, we will have our Stitch in Time group that is gathering. And so if you're available and you either have the skills of stitching, whether it's crochet or I don't know, whatever else, you can join them. Or maybe if you want to learn, I think they'd be willing to teach you too. And then we also have a group that is gathering together across um, several United Methodist churches, and they um, are led, I think, by Reverend Kathy DeCready. She, I'm going to say it's led by her. She said no, but I think it is anyway. And they're going to Faith United Methodist Church on August 1st, and they're going to learn how to make walker bags. And so you're invited to go with them and to learn and to just have some time of fellowship and enjoying one another. And um, so you can sign up for that. You can go to bumclinks.com. There's all types of opportunities to get into um, our community and get into the world to love on people. And really the last one that I have for this week is um, coffee is good. And so can you please make some sometime? Uh, <laughs> we have coffee hour at 9.30 in the parlor each Sunday, and um, it's really, it's, it is a simple job. Um, there's instructions and everything, and, um, but it's, it's simply making some coffee and just welcoming people into the parlor. Um, next week, we have the um, Ludwig and the Gezi family doing it in honor of Ruby's birthday, and yay, Ruby! Um, <laughs> So, I mean, no pressure, but do, do you love your mom that much that you're going to do coffee hour for her? I'm just asking. Uh, <laughs> with that, let us go into the world. Let us go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. I invite you to stand and let us sing together.
joining us this morning.
got to play that when Bob's here, yeah. Because I'm, I'm not allowed to suggest that song when Bob's not here, so. <laughs> Jamie always says, well, Bob's not here. <laughs> 